church and happy Mother's Day. If you are set in by a woman or a lady, she woman. <laughs> Tell that woman that happy Mother's Day. Hallelujah. It's good to celebrate our mothers because God, there are three things which God has set up that brings long life and prosperity. The first, that is the highest is your link to God and your honor to God. If we honor God, there's no way God will fail us. We will have a long life, we will have prosperity, we will have happy, we will have joy in our life. The second line is the Father. Unfortunately, Satan has corrupted it a little. And we don't hear so much noise on Father's Day, like Mother's Day. But they are the second after God's order of honor. They honor your father and your mother so that your days will belong. Because it has been corrupted. Anytime you hear it, any corruption does not appeal to uncorrupt people. But we thank God, mothers, by the nature that God created them, preserve <laughs> the earthly one. 
because they have to carry the child in their womb, bring them up closer to them. So, so naturally, there is a bond between them. So they are able, they were able to keep uh, this kind of link, uh, which we are yet struggling to uh, do as men. Hallelujah. We have to have men uh, affirmative. You know, when women were rejected in some area, we have to put force. And this one, we have to also put certain effort so that men can be where they are, then the world will be what it ought to, it should be. Amen. So mothers, we thank you for preserving this. And on behalf of the church, I want to say thank to every mother. At least if our years were cut off by some years, you have added some. Because you've given us the opportunity to be able to honor you. And as we honor them, our days will be long according to scriptures. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Today, this week, I have some things bubbling in my spirit and eyes. As usual, I just don't want to come and find something sweet only or copy something to come and make you happy. My desire is what does God want to tell the people? It is what God speaks. That is what faith can come out of. That is what can help us. So my greatest struggle is to find out what God wants to say at a particular time. And I believe that something God was putting certain things on my heart and I will try to share it according to my the ability God, the Holy Spirit, gives me and the freedom the Holy Spirit gives to me. The thing this week he put on my heart was his presence. In fact, I stumbled upon, I've known that scripture, but I stumbled upon it when God became angry the first time I've seen and now said, Moses, these people are stiff naked. If I had to lead them, I would kill them. So Moses, because I'm a good father, I won't go with them. I will give them an angel to guide them. If it is one of us, we'll take the second best. As Christian, I don't want to take second best. Yes, it's good for an angel to lead me, but that is not the best. Moses said, God, this is not the agreement we had when you met me, <laughs> when you spoke to me. You promised me that your presence is going to be with us and you're going to lead us. So God, by your word, I hold you. He said, if you don't go, God, me too, I won't go. Because it is you that I'm following. I'm not following an angel. <laughs> so if you want an angel to lead them, let the angel take them. 
the only way I will go is when you go with us. I realize that Moses understands God's presence. He then says something. He said, how can the world or people separate your people, know the difference between your people and the other people? It is when your presence is with them that will make the difference. The difference is not their education. The difference is not their beauty. The difference is not their ability to speak. The difference is the presence of God with us. As a church, what should make the difference is not the beauty of the church, but it's whether God is with us. In fact, God desired from Genesis, since he created man, was his presence to be with man. That man cannot exist and function well without his presence. So in the garden when he created man, his presence was there. When his presence was there, he told man, gave him a beautiful garden, isn't it? And what did he tell him to do? To dress it. He was to dress the garden. He was to make it nice. He was to do all other things. Everything is going to go on well for you. Your work is only to dress it. But after man was cast off on the presence of God, he said, you are not going to work hard. When you are out of the presence of God, hard work, labor without result, is what follows. That is when you sow, turns and thistles comes. When God's presence is absent in your life, thistles and thorns comes into your life. You move here, mm, something to you. Whatever you try, as if the whole earth and everything is against you. The difference is God's presence with his people. Moses negotiated with God. That God, if he found favor in your sight, if I have found, God will say, you know me, Moses, by my name. If I have found favor, let your glory, let your presence pass over me. Moses said, God said, Moses, I'm going to, you cannot see my face. No man can see my face and leave. The way I am and since Adam fell, it's difficult to see my face. Now you can see his face through Jesus Christ. So Moses, I will cover you, but my presence will pass. And when I pass, you will see my back. That's not God have a back. He's just using human uh, uh, expression, what we have to explain spiritual things. He said, when I pass, it simply means that 
Whenever God visits you, what he leaves is goodness. He said, when I pass, my goodness will pass. God's presence brings goodness. When man sinned, the first thing man did was he hid himself from the presence of God. Sin will make us separate ourselves from the presence of God. God wanted to restore this presence. So, he planned and brought his son. And he named, and the name of that son is what? Emmanuel, which means God with us. The presence of God has come again. That what you couldn't do spiritually, you can do it today. So at any point, God will appear and anyone that made it in the Bible is God's presence. He comes and appears to Abraham, who is nobody. He appeared to who? Noah. When destruction is coming. And when God appears to you, when God's presence comes, he makes you see ahead. But he, God, he's the only one who has gone through which man is this? Me. Me, and I've ended it. June, he's seen it before. July, he's seen the end of July. Where again? August, October, and September, I jumped my, 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 my mom. October, November and December. He's gone walk and he has the ability to go to 31st night and come back. So he knows the road. The road which you haven't gone. He has gone. He has walked into, he can walk into the future and he can walk into the past. That is Jehovah God. So when his presence is with you, the future is not a fearful thing. He knows and you know. So the future is great. So anytime that he wants to do something with somebody, you somebody said, My, I will be with you. He assured the person, I the Lord thy God will always be with you. When you hear this word, know that you have overcome. 100%, you'll get a result. What I always want that if I start anything, what I want to hear is that Christopher Yawano, I, the Lord thy God, he is with you. I will be your helper. I will walk with you. I will do this. When I hear this, I don't care about what anybody says. What everybody says will change. People's views change. Sometimes they believe something very strongly. By the next time you meet the person, opposite. 
God's word it stands always. If there is anything we need to do is to look for the very presence of God. So in the Bible, he, when he revealed himself to ordinary men, he made them what? Super. He picks, he made Noah and he makes him a great engineer building a ship that can carry all the animals double-double, including human beings. That can withstand the storms of this world. Who didn't go to any university? Who didn't do any engineering work? Who never had a ruler to measure I don't know the type of tools he used. But he did everything. Excellent and exactly. By the spirit and by the presence of God. Abraham. They say. Walking. Aimlessly in life. Whenever God meets you. He gives you purpose. You cannot meet the presence of God and not find purpose for your life. Then you didn't come. Then the one didn't come to you. Anybody he met, Abraham, he met him. He gave him a purpose. Moses, taking care of sheep, gave him purpose. All the people he met, he gave them purpose. Even this guy who's, who, who's supposed to be a king, and was a donkey seeker, searching for donkeys, searching for Boboya, which is lost. You know Boboya? The father Boboya was lost. The guy was searching, went to all this place, went to uh, Pantan, went to all this place, went to all the areas looking for his Boboya for all the times, whether so the Tifu took it, seeking for, you don't know where it is, but you're looking for it. At the point, he got disappointed. God said, hey! You've lost your purpose. Your purpose is not to look for Boboya. You're a king. Say, me? Yeah, yes. They say, oh, no, no. Ah, don't you know that my father is the least? My family is a Benjamin. Normally, the last born is the least. Even in our setup, if your father have given birth to People, the last born children, they might be old, but they will call them the least. He said, hey, we are the least. We don't matter in Ghana. God said, it's not whether you matter in Ghana, whether you matter in the world. It is when my presence is with you. Somewhere that carries the presence of God. Anointed, the anointing simply means putting God's spirit and God's presence upon that person. He said, from this day, the presence of God is upon you. You will no longer be a donkey seeker. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to lead you. 
You went to rule your people. And this will be the sign when you go, you meet this and that and that and that. And one of them that somebody is going to carry about three, three loaves of bread and he'll give you how many? Two. What else? Who else will carry, carry three loaves of bread? He's going on his journey, carrying three loaves of bread. He has a purpose for the bread. They're meeting a stranger you don't know, and he will give two. And take not even breaking half for the guy, but giving him two and leaving one with you. It simply means God's presence is upon you. Amen. When God's presence is upon you, goodness follows you. People will do you good without even thinking twice. He never thought, the people never thought about themselves because he is the king. The presence of God to rule was upon him. So whoever he met saw him as a king and must respect him like the king. If there's anything believers must seek, it will seek God's presence with them. If there's anything the church will have to seek, it will seek the presence of God with them. So God knew that his presence means so much. That's why the ark was introduced. Because man wants to see physical, uh, tangible. tangible things. If we were too spiritual, God wouldn't need to put all this in there. But so that at the point when we see we know God is here. Amen. That's why when the act moved, they also move. Because if we stay behind, God's presence is not there. <laughs> Wherever God's presence is, that is where success and prosperity is for them. The church must not replace the presence of God with anything. Throughout the Bible, anyone God met, the prophets, what made them special was not because they are too special, but because God's presence was with them. Samson, the judges, what made them special wasn't because they were more intelligent than the others. In fact, if you read about something like this, Yes, what makes the difference is the spirit of God upon him. The rest, he's human like you. Sometimes the lady you won't fall in love with, you'll fall in love with. For a man power to put his head on a tie of a woman, for them to shave his drunk leg and the, the drunk the, 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 the hair. And this man will still be sleeping. <laughs> there is a good sleeper. <laughs> Why will he give his secret? He's ordinary. The first one you told the lady, and they wanted to arrest you. You managed to. The second one you knew. They said. You know that they want to catch me and kill me. 
And still, he gave what brings God's presence to him. When God's presence left him, his strength became an ordinary strength. When God leaves you what you think you are, you will no longer be that. So, David prayed <coughs> a prayer in the Psalms. I said, what I'm seeking for, Lord, my, my, dread, my dread in this world, do not take your Holy Spirit, your presence, away from me. Lord, you can do anything, but your presence, don't take it away from me. When Jesus was with his people, storm came against his presence, cooled the storm. When he was going, anytime he entered into the temple, he didn't need to cast out demons. The presence of God will make the demons cry. Because demons cannot stay under the presence of God and feel comfortable. Some of the problems you're going through, the answer is to bring God's presence. And the problem will automatically flee. God's presence of Jesus was living after his death. He came to the disciples, they were asking him, when will you restore the kingdom? He said, look, what is important is that I will always be with you, even to the end of the age. Don't look for position, look for my presence. You wait. Don't go out yet and preach any dry message. To excite people, my Holy Spirit will come upon you. And you, Peter, you who look coward, deny me before these people, the little girl. You're going to stand before the very people who killed me and speak directly in their face. What then happened? Peter one day preached. And how many people got converted? About 3,000 people. What happened? Peter carrying the presence of God in the temple with John met a cripple who had been a beggar. Oh, let me put it in, this, in the modern days. You say we treat a cripple. Uh, the Bible says so. But uh, the physically challenged. Met the person because he's physically challenged, he became a beggar. The presence of God came around there. I said, You can't be a beggar when God's present is here. Yeah. Say, gentlemen, what you're asking, we don't have it. We have the presence of God. And in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk so that you can go and look for food for yourself. 
and held others too. The guy jumped, leaping, dancing, and praising God. God's presence was always with them. They were arrested, put into prison. You remember that? Before they realized, they never broke jail. So he's not encouraged to break jail. But they were out of the jail. They didn't break it. They were out. They said, go and look whether he broke the jail. They looked around. The place was intact. Security intact. Windows intact. Doors intact. Gate intact. Everything intact. But the men were not inside. You remember when they arrested in the second time, they said, this guy is a dangerous guy. If we don't chain him, he will escape. And we are not going to chain him to a wall because he could escape. So they chain him to a guard. So when you want to escape, you escape with the guard. They don't know. So they Chain them and chain them on the ground. The presence of God appeared and tapped him. Take up your clothes. The chain fell. Those who chained them were in chain. He was free. So follow me. Follow him. They were not the only people there. There were other guards. Door open. They came out. Gate open. They came out. Then God said, Peter, you needed my present for all this. Say, go. When Peter even knocked at the church door, when they were praying, they couldn't believe. Sometimes, you know, we pray, we don't believe our prayer. <laughs> they were praying for the release of Peter. When Peter knocked and the girl came and said, it is Peter, they said, it is his ghost. Why were they praying? What type of prayer were they praying? <laughs> so sometimes we pray and if God answers it, you think this is not God. It is God, oh God. <laughs> he can do everything. His presence is able to do everything. If we read through the scriptures, his presence is what we all need. We need to carry his presence. That is why when you are born again, the place you invite Jesus to is where? God wants you to carry his presence all the time. In fact, if we are conscious about the presence of God, we wouldn't need to preach on sin. You don't need to tell somebody not to steal. How many of you will steal somebody's phone when they're looking at you? So if you have the presence of God with you, know that God is with me, what are you going to say? Hey, God is here. If God is looking at you, can you do that? If you can't do that, 
And you don't need to struggle with that thing. Anytime we want to do bad things, we want to hide. But if you practice the presence of God, you know you can't hide because his presence is there. After getting this presence of God, you are on your way to success. Say amen. Amen. Say amen. Amen. Say amen. Amen. Then he will give you purpose for your life. Last week I spoke on purpose, isn't it? He will give you what? Say purpose for your life. Some of us don't know why we are created for. And I pray that the purpose in the presence of God is the best purpose for your life. And anytime you want to follow anything, you want to succeed, you must know why God called you. Why you came to this world. If there's any prayer anybody should pray, pray first to know the purpose of God for your life. First, to be absolutely certain right now that there is a specific purpose to your life. And that purpose expresses your uniqueness. Your purpose expresses how unique you are. Sometimes you don't do things the way people uh, would do things. You don't there are certain things you don't feel like as if I am out of the ordinary. It means that you are ordinary. This, uh, some ordinary, you are not an ordinary person. But if you don't find that purpose, you become a nuisance to society. If you don't have a purpose, you just keep on Removing things and dismantling things. Meanwhile, you are a very good engineer that can put things together and put them together. So certain things happen to us and that leads us to our world, our purpose. Your uniqueness will let you know your purpose. We are not created with the same talent. Some of you can speak, you talk. Everything will become awesome. It's not evil. Find the purpose for the talking. <laughs> and fit it into it right. Uh, don't just condemn that person that with your okasaduro. No, 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 no. There is a purpose. There is a reason. There are some, they are very quiet and they think deep. And people don't want to get close to them. They think they are very queer. You have a certain kind of ministry that can fit into that. Very good intelligence security person. That can observe things. Think deep and analyze those things. And not bring secret things out. But he said, you are queer. I pray that your uniqueness will lead you to find 
your purpose in the very presence of God. Pray and ask God to reveal this purpose to you. It is only God who can reveal that one. And as his presence comes, he's able to unveil why he brought you to this earth. So, had a unique life. His passion, he loved God. And when he loved God, his passion was misdirected. The people who were doing the work of God, he thought they were not the one. So he decided to persecute and ask permission. Got letters from the authority to make sure that he kills the church. He destroys the church. But he doesn't know that Jesus has already said that the church that I build, that the gate of hell shall not prevail against it. He fought against it. He managed to kill. James supervised the killing of James. And everybody was happy. He managed to supervise the stoning of all these people, Stephen. They were very happy. And he said, they stoned Stephen. He took away to chase the rest on his way. The presence of God appeared. And he heard a voice. He saw some lightning, like a bright sun. And God, he got slain. He think his church only that they get slain. He got slain on the street, uh, on the way. He got slain. Rah! His slain was bigger than yours. Nobody, no usher to catch him. <laughs> While he was lying there, he heard a voice. Saul! Saul! Why are you persecuting me? Saul said, God, I don't know the purpose for my life. I think this is what I must do. So, what do you want me to do? It is because you didn't teach, you didn't show me what to do. That's why I'm doing this. <laughs> God said, You, I will send you to some place, they will tell you, listen, I've chosen you to do A, B, C, D. Give him a very uh, 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 right what he should do. So, had a training. He had a way of speaking to Gentiles. He said, so, you know both the Jewish and the, the Gentiles listen, so you are the best person I can send. All the training you went through is not, nothing. I'm going to tell you to be a gift. So you will go to the Gentiles. Say, God, hmm, I like my people. I'm trouble six more. And any time he tried with the Jew, any place he went, you know where he had, the people had problem with the Jews. They beat him, stoned him, killed people for him. Gentiles, he was succeeding. And if Saul was not met by the presence of God, like you won't never be able to read the Romans to understand. First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, 
and all the Colossians and the Ephesians and all those things. God took what he had, his talent. He was well read. He read a lot. He knows a lot. So he has many vocabulary for the Holy Ghost to use. Some of us, when the Holy Spirit comes, even if God speaks through our spirit, there are no vocabulary to express it. I feel something is doing inside me. No, no, nothing is doing. Something, the Holy Ghost wants to work, but there is no vocab, there are no words to express what the Holy Spirit is saying. If you have only 10 vocabulary in life and God comes, it's what you can use to express to men. Except by some supernatural means. And that's why it's called speaking in tongues. That is the gift. It's a gift of this, not prophecy. So God uses natural talent, the zeal to work out. He needed somebody with that zeal, that burning passion. And most of the time, your passion directs you to your purpose. What are you passionate about? You may have different things you are passionate about. You can find a way of choosing one. Eh? Say, prophet, how am I going to choose one? I'm passionate about everything in life. Then you're not passionate. There is something when they speak about it. You get you either become angry or 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 something boil out inside you. That is what I'm talking about. When you are talking about certain things, you'll find some interest, strong interest in it. As if it's personal to you. That is what? Or we say politics. <laughs> <laughs> That is what the passion should be able to guide you, to lead you to your place. Jesus was passionate about his call. When they were even traveling, he went to some place that he didn't know, he, at the age of 12. The mother and the father was looking for him. He said, where did you go? He said, don't you know that I was in my father's house. My passion is not just to work with you. My passion is to go to church. So from age 12, you will know his passion. His passion was not a carpentry job. So if you put him there, he will leave. That's why sometimes you want to help people. Don't help them from what you think is good for them. Help them from the point of their passion. Or else you waste your time and you waste your energy resources. Find out what you're passionate about and guide them. In those ways, if that person is passionate about it, he might not even need your finances. But he'll find a way to make that thing work. But if he's not passionate, small problem. Small problem. I want money for this. He will annoy you. 
after you finish everything, you won't find time. He sees something, he will leave the thing and move there because that's not his passion. So don't help people if you don't have passion for that thing. What is our passion? For your life. What is boiling out in you? What one thing that when they talk about, it kicks and brings your emotions? Someone say, oh, Pastor, Pastor, I'm passionate about money. Ska, 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 ska. If you're passionate about money, something will lead you to think, how can I get that money legally? Then, it will then help you to pray in that line. And God will then bring flashes of things that you will do. Sometimes you will do things out of the ordinary. If you do things people don't, are not doing, the future, you will get what they do, they do not have. He will show you something. While you are, you've read about it and you see the prospect in it, nobody sees it. Until you get to the top, it makes it attractive to the others, and the others now want to learn. What we do is that people want to learn from people's passion. So they see you succeeded. That's why we don't uh, make it. Uh, somebody is selling, uh, 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 how do you call it? Uh, 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 this is why we don't, the things, what do we sell? I remember some time ago, people, the jet breaking, they were selling this, and I see everybody, one person, he got rich, everybody, every, people are bringing containers, then, then you two, you get some money, I want to go back to container, Dubai, I'm going to uh, 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 China. It's not going to China, it's not going to Dubai, it's whether you have passion for that. You get up, In the morning, what is your passion? Someone said, Pastor, my passion is sleeping. <laughs> the result of sleeping all the time is poverty. <laughs> so, there's some passion. Any passion that goes against the word of God. That's why I said the presence of God must be the parameter you must operate your passion. God, the Bible says that a lazy man will not roast his meat because he's lazy. He will just sell raw material. And the wise man will buy the raw material and process it and come back to that lazy man and take the money, eh, use a certain portion, little portion of the meat, and take all the money he sold, he, he used, uh, uh, he gave to him, and take extra. 
So that is the result of lazy in the Bible. If that is where you want to go, then you might even be fighting against the word of God. Whatever passion you have, don't say, I'm robbery. <laughs> passion is I'm robbery. The passion is not I'm robbery. The passion is you want money, you want to succeed. But the method you want to use is I'm robbery. And that method is wrong. What is your passion? I pray. Whenever God meets anybody, he put passion in them. Noah was passionate about building an ark. He never heard. People say it's impossible. People say, Noah, you are crazy. No, I'm not crazy. Passionate, run everywhere, try and do it. And people don't understand why Noah should spend all his time building an ark on a land not on the sea. It didn't make sense, but his passion drove him. People discouraged him, but his passion drove him. Passion. If you are passionate to pray, people might not understand you. You pray, let them laugh at you. Keep on praying. The result will tell. If you are passionate to live right, keep on living right. People may ignore you and say, oh, you are, oh, they call you Kolo. Don't worry. Let them give you any other name. At the end, you will realize that you have made it. I pray with all of us that whatever passion that is in you, look at it with the word. If it is in line with the word of God, I want you to pursue it. It might not make sense to other people, but you, it makes sense to you and God. You see, your passion is a solution to somebody's need. Did you hear what I said? I said what? When there are need and people are crying, God finds somebody and put that passion in them. When they were crying, Israel was crying for deliverance. He found Moses and put passion. You think Moses didn't go with passion? Like the first, like if it's not passion, he wouldn't even go to Pharaoh's face. After he got himself satisfied, he moved. You know, the passion started a long time. Why did he try to kill Egyptian? He was passionate to, to deliver his God's people. But sometimes things can kill your passion. Problems, troubles, human beings, math. This moth, they can kill your passion. You go through trials and it tries to kill your passion. Look, if it is of God, it will ignite again. God came and ignited it. He said, Moses, it's now time. Go. He did not look back. The moment he accepted, he met 
face to face. Pharaoh. Pharaoh did everything he didn't mind. And he made sure he led them. And Israel wasn't an Israelis, they were like Ghanaians. They are, they are no different from us. No different from us. You can realize that hallelujah on Sunday. Crucify him on Friday. It's also too, 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 <coughs> too long time. You can realize. You do something, God work miracle, Lord. They say, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and rider fall into the sea. The Lord, my God, has now become my. Within some few seconds, they were grumbling and crying against that God. <laughs> that Moses, don't we have grace in this place? The very people that were praising God and jumping, the very people wanted to stone David, uh, uh, Moses. It takes a man of passion to stand. If you don't have passion, say, hey, me, I was taking care of my ship somewhere. And God called me, hey, Munkwa, my jamha. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, he himself never entered the promised land because of the people. And I told the pastor, the pastor, be careful. Don't let the people make you move out of the will of God. Focus on God's will, or else you yourself. <laughs> may miss heaven. I pray that you focus on what God called you. And those who don't know, God will make you know. I want us to pray for God's will for our life. Pray and ask God to reveal his purpose to you. And as you pray, Things that provoke you, your emotions, and other things, and list them down. Later, continue praying. As you continue praying in life at home, everywhere, there will be an intense desire or passion. And things that will provoke you, just write them down. There may be a lot, but write them down. And they make a list of gold and dreams of your heart desire of those dreams. And pray about them. Commit them into God's hand to help you. The other you've done that, pray that God will help you to list all your talent and special skill. It will help you to choose your life career. Choose, if you can choose, choose a life career that utilizes many of this that can help you in that passion that you have. Or whatever you want to study, study along your passion and you'll begin to fulfill it. If you're a lawyer, read and continue reading because that is what will help you. If there are many, choose one that you enjoy. Choose the one that you enjoy the most. 
God will help you. Ask him to help you. Some of us have walked into the wilderness. Some of us have been like failures. We are not failures. It's just that we have not discovered our purpose. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you, we bless you. We pray that the heavens shall be open, that your grace shall rest upon us. We pray, O oh God, that the heavens and earth will be upon their life. That, Lord, your will will be made known unto them. Your presence will bring your will. Your presence will energize them. Your presence will let them find God's will. No matter how many times they have failed in doing it, Lord, passion will let them continue because that is your perfect will for their life. I pray for your perfect will for your people. May you strengthen them. May you keep them. In Jesus' name. Amen. We have come.